Oh, well, hello, Downers. How are we doing today? Welcome to another episode of Stand Down. My name is Daniel Reskin. So happy you could join us on this journey, understanding the love-hate relationship of stand-up comedy with ex-comedians and also some who are kind of just pausing and figuring it out, but mostly ex-comedians. Today we have a very special episode in that the person I'm interviewing, unlike the last nine episodes, I had not met previously on my journey through comedy. This is a new person to me uh, who actually reached out because she herself uh, has a podcast called The Self-Helpless Podcast, which is also comedy and mental health. She somehow stumbled upon my tiny baby little podcast and seemed to like it. And here we are, we're gonna talk. We're gonna find out her journey through comedy. She is also an ex-comedian who found herself into on her way into a number of other ventures, um, which is exciting. Comedians are good at stuff, you know? Maybe comedy is just one of the things you're good at as a human, and you're not really a comedian. And that's just what you are until you get to be the thing that you really are, like a life coach, consultant, guru, podcaster. Don't know, we're gonna find out today. I'm excited uh, for this new Crossover pod. I'm not going to be on there. They have actual stars and things like that. So we're going to interview her. And thankfully so. Please enjoy this talk with Delaney Fisher. Hello. Hey there. How's it going? How are you? Very good. How about yourself? Doing well. Like the background. Very nice. I'm trying to keep, <laughs> keep it calming, you know? Yes, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> little nature therapy but yeah thank you so much for uh reaching out to do this yeah thank you for having me on i, I love the concept of it it's freaking brilliant so i'm very excited <laughs> oh cool thank you so much um let's start with just your comedy journey then um sure. so you on your website it says you did comedy for about six years yeah about six and a half years i started in college as you know just for fun and really fell in love with it there and decided to when i graduated i would move to la and really immerse myself in the comedy scene out there and just kind of snowballed to me you know doing it all the time everywhere traveling festivals some tv stuff um but i found myself really kind of like an internal struggle between the, the love I had for comedy because I love the craft, I love the writing, I love being around comedians in the green room, I love all that kind of stuff. I, I liked performing, but it wasn't my favorite aspect of, of stand-up, I'll be honest, which is, you know, probably not great. Um, but there was a battle between the love of the craft and really the lifestyle not fitting what I wanted my life to look like. And so I loved this thing, but I hated what, um, what I had to do to like do it. You know, what I, the, the, the kind of the steps I had to take to even get to the stage and get to the green room and you know, all that stuff. And so I, it, was a, it was definitely a love-hate relationship, um, you know, after probably year number three, maybe even like the two, two and a half years in, I knew like, okay, this is not going to be sustainable for me, but I have no idea what I want to do besides this. So I'm going to keep it around and allow myself to explore a bunch of other different, you know, things like producing, writing, acting, all that stuff until I figure out how I want to use this to kind of pivot out of this. 
So I knew kind of. Wow. So very early in, you were looking for that escape route. That uh, Yeah, I was. (laughs) Which was my next question was like, when does that delusion break that like, hey, everybody, we're all going to make it. (laughs) When, you know, some people that never wears off and you kind of, some people say you need a healthy dose of that to actually make it in stand up. Um, For sure. Yeah. Do you think you were fooling yourself those first few years or just kind of doe-eyed at the whole thing? You know, I think it was the fact that I was just allowing myself to experiment with a bunch of different stuff and stand-up was one of them. And it did become, you know, a huge part of my life, but it was never the only thing I was trying. Like I was always doing stand-up on top of other stuff. And so I knew, like I saw the path of, okay, this is what you would need to do to like, you know, crush it at stand-up. This is what the lifestyle is. And do I want that for myself? Because I have a lot of incredibly talented, successful friends. And I was around big comedians, you know, when I was performing. And I saw what the trajectory was. And I'm like, well, if I don't even want the lifestyle that everybody's kind of striving for, like if the end game is like, you know, what you're, you're touring theaters and you're, you're, you have, a, you have a, a show, a TV show, and you have all this stuff. If I don't even like that as my day to day, then what am I, what am I doing here? You know, Working like backwards kind of, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is not going to work for me because I know the longer I stay doing it, the, you know, the offers are going to get harder and harder to turn down. I'm going to just keep doing more of it, even though I'm not happy doing Ooh. it. I'm, I felt like I was going to get stuck. A victim and of success, kind of just like, this is working. So I was scared. I was right. scared that it was working. That's what it was. It was like, I was, I was scared to be out there even more because I'm like, well, shit, I don't want to get an offer that I can't turn down because hmm. I will do it. And I know I'm not going to be happy doing it, but I will not be able to say no. And I started kind of noticing that relatively early on. Um, it's very mafia-esque and- right there. <laughs> I always have like one foot in, one foot out. Like I'm here, <laughs> you know. Keep pulling you back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I'm, you know, as soon as I figure out something else, if I say, as soon as I find that trap door, I'm fucking out of here. You know what I mean? And it, but is it always showbiz adjacent after you found comedy? It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go be a massage therapist or an accountant. Yes, it was. I I totally I explored the entertainment industry a lot. I worked in corporate entertainment. I you know wrote a movie that you know was aired on lifetime i Hell produced yeah. you know a comedy special and i produced you know sketches and i'm all sure this my stuff. mom loved your movie yeah, by the you. way i did it for my mom as well in, that in was advance amazing. yeah <laughs> full circle moment called bad tutor if you want to check it out <laughs> um and it's as terrible as it sounds um so yeah i like i did a lot of different things and i wasn't loving any of it so i was like i felt very lost with it um, but I knew stand-up was kind of leading to these other opportunities that allowed me to explore. Like I, I wouldn't have gotten any of those other opportunities if it weren't for stand-up and I was very aware of that. So it's something I felt like I had to keep around in order to kind of leverage it and use it as a tool. And so when I, when I feel like I explored the entertainment industry, I realized, okay, I know I want to leave. Um, and what do I want, my, what do I want my life to look like? Like, what do I want to do with my day and my time? What do I want, what do I want my, my nights and weekends to look like? Um, and I realized I wanted to work from home. I wanted to create my own schedule. I wanted to do something creative. I didn't really want to be 
out all the time. And you don't want to be up at 2 a.m. eating cold chicken fingers in the green room? Are you kidding you know, me? I did. <laughs> That's the dream. I've done that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great while it lasted, you know, not knocking it, not knocking it. Um, but yeah, that's when I kind of was like, okay, how do I use stand up to get myself out of it? Right. <laughs> and and in that process, was there any feeling of kind of like feeling like a fraud or feeling like all the comics around you know that you're not as serious as them and you're only doing this for XYZ or although yeah. it is LA, I know LA it's a little more everyone's yeah. a slash comic in some yes. ways, but. There's definitely that vibe out in, you know, out here that's like, look, if you're here because your agent told you to get 10 minutes of stage time, fuck you, you know what I mean? Like oh, that yeah. is the vibe, of course. And um, I, I definitely was doing it more often than that. So it, the, my problem was actually people thought I was doing it full time and I felt like a phony because people assumed I was, a full-time feature headliner, whatever. And I had a day job. So I actually felt weird going into, you know, shows and meeting with people, them just assuming like, Oh, where were you? Where are you headlining next? What are your next tour dates? And being like, uh, in a month. We're coming up. Yeah. Tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and so I, I kind of felt bad that people were assuming that of me and I, that wasn't what was going on. Um, and so I That's kind funny. of kept that hidden which everybody feels like a phony i'm realizing no matter what stage of comedy you are from day one to year 99 yeah some way to feel like a phony yeah mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that is crazy um so yeah. like how would you describe your current relationship with stand-up comedy so i respect the craft completely i you know i have a lot of friends that do it full-time and are brilliant at it and so I, yeah, I, I respect the art of it, but I know it's not for me, you know? So I'm able to still like watch it and enjoy myself. Um, but I, I feel like it's a, it's an ex-boyfriend. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, yeah. It's off sleeping with everybody else and that's okay. I'm okay with it. Like I'm no longer. You're at that cool point, right? You I, do you, cool. I'll do me. We're cool. We're acquaintances. If I see him, see him at a party, it's not awkward, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but if, like I a have... friend wants to date stand-up comedy, you're going to give them the real deal. You're not going to oh, sugarcoat yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is, yeah, this is what you have to know, okay? He <laughs> will break your heart. <laughs> you will be amazing in bed, and it's going to be very uh... You know what I mean? So, um, yes, I, it's, it is very much like I have no more feelings for it, but, like, I appreciate it. I don't want to be doing it myself, mm. um, but yeah, I had a great time. Like, I feel like I packed a lot of experiences into six and a half years and I'm really grateful for it. And I think it's led me to what I'm doing now. But um, yeah, it was just like a chapter of my book. Yeah. And was the, the special, cause you have like a, a special or like a half hour yeah. online, the very yes. funny uh, cousin centric uh, special, <laughs> which I have to admit in my family, I also have a, a cousin couple. Do you really? Oh well, my gosh. An uncle. That's right. Oh they got, they were super old before they did it, but still, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so, so funny. So, yep, I have. But, uh, was that like a, a goodbye love letter to comedy or was that still when you were kind of like going for it? Yeah, that was a goodbye. That was like, that was my farewell to comedy special. I had this weird idea and it was just a, it was just a bit at the time where I talked about like 
this cousin stuff in my family. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to make a whole special about this one like taboo topic and then fucking leave. Like that was it. I'm just going to film this special. It's going to be weird. And then I'm going to leave. <laughs> That's what I did. So I, yeah. you know, it was, it was definitely not, not the norm for a comedy special. It, it uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my greatest hits. It wasn't like all my A material in one special. And I thought about doing that too, but I just kind of wanted to bring like this kind of weird, you know, concept to life. And I gave that to myself as like a graduation ceremony. Like this was my final project before leaving. And I felt like if I didn't give that to myself, I was not going to be able to like fully move on from it because I would have felt like, wait, there was no, there was no commencement of this situation. Right. Nobody's going to give you a fucking certificate after your last set. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. So even something tangible, yeah. not, I just, had to not have just something, something to prove. Right. Yeah. It was weird. I had, I felt like I had to have something tangible that I was in control of. And that, that was the special that I, that I chose to do. <laughs> mm. Awesome. That's cool. I like that's even more on your own terms because getting all your A material together and doing your greatest hits is such a, I'm still in comedy thing to do. Yeah. Whereas yeah. focusing on this, fun weird unique taboo subject and being like hey everyone by the way yada yada dwell on that i'm out of here <laughs> think about that check drop peace like i yeah I, you know my my i felt like my a stuff was really for the audience not for me or for yeah like it wasn't right. I was sick as of it so often shit. is right you outgrow yeah. your material you just do what works and you cling to it so many comedians yeah. do that yeah, I wasn't connected to it anymore. And I figured, well, I might as well do something that I'm connected to in that moment before leaving. Um, so, yeah. And what was that next connection that you found? The next connection, like leaving stand-up? Mm -hmm. so that, that escape hatch. Yes. So I had a really strange hobby for like a few years on the down low called Dicks by Delaney. <laughs> it was started as a joke. And I basically, I went to a holiday party with a bunch of comedians one year and they said, Hey, you got to bring, you know, bring something that, you know, for the white elephant gift exchange, like make, make something. And so I drew a bunch of colorful penises on this coffee mug and then people liked it. And then they started buying them from me. So that, that became like, it's a gold mine. Yeah. This ridiculous hobby. Yeah. And so I had been doing it consistently, like on the down low for friends and families and comedians and stuff for a while. I like, it sounds black market. How you say on the down low, you're <laughs> like, no one could know about this. All right. I like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was promoting it and marketing it and like, you know, really going <laughs> I'm out the there. dick lady. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I looked at that and like, wait a minute, this thing has been like collecting money for a few years, you know, as a hobby, it would allow me to create my own schedule and work from home. What would it look like if I tried to make this a real business and went all in with Dick Spy Delaney and leveraged my comedy connections and my experience in, in standup to market this shit. Mm. So I launched the business for real. And I was able to leave my day job and stand up because stand up was still bringing in an income for me, even though it wasn't full time. And I was able to leave both of those things in less than a year to draw penises on coffee mugs full time. <laughs> so I basically, <laughs> yes, 
golf clap. I basically figured out like how to be a stay at home comedian is how I was kind of marketing it. Like, look, I'm no longer happy traveling and telling jokes on stage, but listen, I'm still telling jokes in my living room, you know, in my sweatpants. And if you want to buy one of my dick jokes, you can still do that, but it's in coffee mug form now. Mm. So I was, that's kind of how I shifted it. And I, you know, I gifted, I gifted mugs to my friends in comedy and they, you know, they would give me shout outs and stuff. So it was like a very organic kind of move, even though it was a completely different business, you know, than, right. than stand up. So that kind of, that grew. And then um, I ended up hiring a couple cartoonists on board because we got busy with orders and we started, we, we shifted from physical products to digital products. And then we started selling digital dick cartoons. Um, <laughs> we started turning people into penis cartoons. Uh, um, yeah. And that was how I left. And then that kind of led into what I do now. So, right. Which, which yeah. is more of like a, a coaching, consulting, managing kind of a role. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was comedians, entrepreneurs, artists started noticing that like I was making a full-time living painting penises basically or managing penis artists and they were like how the hell are you doing this can you help me with my with my dream job my hobby my career and so I started consulting on the side and I fell in love with doing that and realized like all the things I had tried throughout my career I was able to use that skill set and give it to somebody else you know and help them so I had then I had two businesses I had a consulting business and I had a product-based business and that they both got very busy and I had to pick which one I wanted to go all in with. And I chose, I chose coaching. Mm. So yeah, now I help entrepreneurs basically start and scale their own projects and businesses, you know, in a very, in a very simple way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you leaning towards that rather than the past business, was that just because you saw more kind of depth and potential in this or was it just more new and more skills to gain and more experiences to have? Yeah, that's a good question. I really love the one-to-one -one connection. Um, and as much as I loved putting penis art in the world, I, I, I felt like a bit disconnected from it. Like I wasn't talking to my You lost you know, your customers. passion, just like those jokes, <laughs> but like the original set, you were just, exactly. you had your penis art set that you were just selling now. Right. I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't connecting to the customers and like I know that I was it, it was making their day better and stuff like that but I felt creatively unfulfilled then and like that's not why I started my own business to feel creatively un unfulfilled I I really liked this yeah this like one-to-one -one interaction is is my jam and this is what I loved the most about stand-up is just talking to people in the green room about deep shit mm -hmm. like that's what was really exciting for me that would be the highlight of my night versus performing. So right. I knew that about myself. Like I really like connecting with people in this way and talking about, you know, their lives and their dreams and their goals. But I just didn't know that was going to be a career I had. Hmm. You know? I really like that because in comedy, sometimes there'd be these moments where you'd think of a concept that's very funny. And you're like, is that a stand-up joke? Is that a, a comic? Is that a scene in a movie? Yeah. How does that work? But I've never really thought about people in the same way that like, I'm not maybe necessarily a, the funniest stand-up comedian. I'm a funny. And am I a funny stand-up <laughs> comedian? Am I a funny business producer? Am I a fun, like, yeah. what is the shape of the me going to take? Like, yeah, the best form exactly. for it. Exactly. Now I feel like I'm just a very no bullshit, 
uncensored, tell it like it is business coach. You know, like I, that, that part of me as a stand-up comedian that was very honest on stage and sarcastic and stuff, that shit is still here, but I'm doing something very different with it. Mm. Are, so, you, are you the next Gary Vaynerchuk? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I don't mean to be that in an insulting way. I mean, maybe, oh, maybe no. an anti, anti. Uh. No, Gary V is his own thing. I appreciate what he's doing. I'm actually very, I coach very differently than Gary V. Gary V's like, be everywhere all the time, all the apps forever. And yeah, I'm, I'm not like, sweating right now. So, yeah, right. Listen, let's rest and choose one thing to do, you know? I can all appreciate about simplicity. that. Simplicity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that is so cool. Let me just check on time here because I don't yeah. want to uh, start. Okay, that's good. Good 10 minutes. Love it. Um, something I like to ask everybody is when you were a comedian, um, one, how readily did you volunteer that information to strangers? Oh, good question. And two, well, I'll ask second after that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not often. Not often. I would usually, I just didn't want to talk about it with people. Like uh, so many of, of course, you, you've heard every response in the book. Like, yeah, what's your stick? And what, are you funny? Well, and tell number me two, a- tell me a joke. What tell was your response when people yeah. asked that? Oh my God. Um, I would usually say like something like I'm off the clock, you know, like <laughs> or something just, yeah, sorry. Um, or, you know, if they were, if I knew what they were, I'd be like, ooh, sell me a house. You're a real estate agent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, God, I would only tell people if I was usually in an entertainment setting. Like if I was at like, a, I don't know, a networking event or something, then I might say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a comedian. But if I was anywhere else, it was really like, I work in corporate entertainment. We don't have to talk about it. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into a conversation, but a lot of people might find out that I did do it and then ask a million questions and but. then you're the comedy person i know oh, yeah it was so it was very draining talking about <laughs> yeah. it for sure. i like how you throw corporate out in front as like a a diffuser it's like it's no this boring. is boring yeah exactly don't ask questions because yeah it's office job no don't worry about it yeah so are you still a comedian mm, and, and how long after someone stops doing stand-up you know if you're a plumber for 10 years and stop being a plumber for a year are you still you know um, Oh yeah. Good question. So I would say I no longer tell people I'm a comedian. So if somebody asks, Hey, what do you do? I say, I'm a business coach and I'm a podcaster, or maybe I just say business consultant if I don't really want to get into it, whatever. Um, however, I am still part of a pretty big comedy podcast. So some people still view me as a comedian because even though I, I stopped doing stand up, of course, people can be a comedian if they're a comedic actor if they do musical comedy they they're considered a comedian so i guess i'm still referred to as a comedian by other people sometimes but i don't i no longer identify with that title but i know that i'm still kind of connected to that world um so yeah it's like a weird <laughs> it's a weird place to be with your identity like some people might see you a certain way still but you've moved on from that identity mm. it's very weird yeah yeah <laughs> like I'm involved in both kind of still. Yeah. It's very, it's like having an alias or something. It's like, yes. that, was, that was a past life. I don't, I don't bounty hunt anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like people will find my special and then add me on social media and then they're very confused. Like, wait a right. minute, this is, she is not doing stand up anymore. This is very this is not what I signed up for. Bye. You know? <laughs> so it is it's weird. I'm sure it's confusing for people, for sure. <laughs> as long as it's not confusing for you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel fine about it. That's good. Fine. Do you think um once everything of COVID passes and everything, uh, the self help us podcast. Oh, a live show? What's happening? Oh, they're doing stand up. Everyone's doing stand. Oh, do you want to do a set, Delaney? Uh, are you oh, to What's happening? God. Is it going to happen? What's? We actually ran into this before. So we we did live shows before COVID, and we did a couple a few live shows when I was still doing stand up or like easing out of it. Where I was doing, we would all do a set, and then we'd record an episode after the sets. And then I, I stopped doing it and we were ramping up for a tour and I'm like, what the hell are we going to do? So then we started just doing the, a live recording of an episode and we'd have a special guest on, but yeah, we were, we were talking about like, okay, if we go on like a big tour and stand up as an element, I guess I'm just going to be either the MC, you know, or I'll be given like a fucking Ted talk. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I'll be handing out t-shirts. I'm not really sure. So we never kind of, um, we never had to figure that out, but Oh, I was, I was very concerned about that. I'm like, <laughs> this right. is going to be very strange. Dragged back in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I probably would have been the MC, uh, mm. you know, and just been right. like mildly funny. A couple <laughs> jokes up front, warm them up. Yeah. A couple jokes, little crowd work. And then be like, you guys, you guys know that I don't do this anymore. So let's just get the show on the road. You know? Which would be kind of fun to like, do stand-up comedy to an audience that already knows your exact position on no longer being a stand-up comedian. Yes. That adds a whole new level of like fun and irony and nuance and weirdness. Yep, I actually started writing like, okay, if I did do a set, it would be about why I hated stand-up comedy. So I'd be doing stand-up <laughs> about why I left. Uh, but what but... if you love those jokes? <laughs> I know. No, what's the... With like a PowerPoint, like this is me. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I thought about all that shit. Like, look, I am, I have stage fright, yet I was on stage every night. You know, I was like, all these things that just were not, not working. Mm. So cool. Make sense. Well, in the last few minutes, uh, we're talking about your podcast. You've been doing it for a long time. You've had um, some amazing guests on and you've explored, imagine, so I've been catching up, but I'm sure you've explored so many aspects of mental health and comedy. And I just love if you could share any nuggets of wisdom you've pulled from your time on the on the podcast. Oh my gosh, so much! Um, as far as as far as mental health with comedy, I think it's just really you know the the industry is so insane that <laughs> the industry can be really crazy, and you can feel rejected a lot, and you can feel like the pressure to hustle all the time and not take breaks, and so. Um, we have found that, you know, the people that, that seem to be happy and grounded in it have really found their own way to do it. And they've kind of rejected a lot of that, that, that external pressure of everybody else and what the agents are saying and what the directors are saying, what the, you know, they, mm. they all seem to have their own thing and their, their own control over their craft in some way. And so that's kind of the trend I've noticed as far as, you know, the comedians that we've had on is like, they seem to be a lot happier when they started saying, I, I don't need you, I'm gonna do it myself. And then, you know, that's kind of when, when things kind of took off. So wow. 
Um, but yeah, that's, so I would say you trust yourself internally, you know, like trust what you find funny and what you want to be doing and, and what lifestyle you want to be living. And I think comedy can still fit into what makes you happy too, you know? Mm. Yes. I, I love that. I mean, it comes down to kind of like redefining your relationship with comedy, which is the whole reason I started this podcast. Cause I was like, yeah. do I, why am I not enjoying this as much? Do I want to quit? Do I not want to quit? I, I thought I, I loved love this. Hear, I, I would I, love to hear where you're at with, with, with stand up. Yeah. Uh, I guess briefly. Uh, yeah. It, it's, I, I have 14 years in now, but I'd say maybe like two or three years ago, um, I started just not going out as much and I wasn't really sure why. And I started my first eight years in Miami, which was a great place to come up as a comedian, especially as a very shy person. I feel like I needed a little more time to cook. Yeah. Um, but I moved to Denver to move to a bigger venue, but not New York or LA because everyone said to do that and I wanted to do my own thing and they have a cool, funky scene yeah. here in Denver. And yeah. it was an amazing, bigger, more robust scene and which made it even more confusing when I started falling out and being like, I'm getting the scene that I wanted. Why am I not putting in even more effort? I'm like, if I'd put in the effort I did in Miami here, I would be doing extremely well in the scene, you know, and all sorts mm -hmm. of things like that. And so kind of just disappearing from the mics, I kept a monthly show just to keep it going. And, yeah. you know, through, through beating myself up a lot, I eventually realized I don't have to quit. I don't have to not quit. I can, I'm still a funny person. I still know how to do stand-up. It's given me a great skill set, as you've mentioned, tool yeah. belt that I can bring to other things. So yeah, this is one of those things. And then just realizing how many people I knew who were like, the funniest people in the world are not the most famous people for being funny. Mm. You know, like they're, they're some, the people at the top are very funny, but not necessarily, like they had a lot of other qualities that got them to the top or a mix of luck and opportunity and marketing and networking you know there's a lot of line cooks out there who are just so goddamn funny and you'll never meet them in your whole life you know right right yeah and i think you really have to love the lifestyle too like you really have to you have to be okay with that i remember talk, talking to two of my two of my best friends who are very uh very um successful comedians like um if you found yourself having to spend the night in an airport, you know, on the way to a comedy show, like, how would you feel doing that? And they both said, like, beats, beats having an office job, totally worth it, no big deal. And I would, and I said, like, I would feel like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Why am I on this airport floor? I want to go home. Why do I keep putting myself in these positions? And so I think that that can tell you a lot, like, mm. what you're, you know, if you're enjoying the process of it, then, okay, like, that's great. You know, it's, it's worth it for you. But if you're not enjoying the process, like there's probably a way you can bring what you enjoy about it into something else. Like, what do you find that you enjoy the most about stand up? Entertaining people, making them laugh, make them smile. Something I've always done. And yeah, I've, I've kind of found my way to YouTube and now I'm playing on Twitch more than ever. There's yeah. all sorts of people live streaming, not just video games, but like weird TV shows and art and music on Twitch and with all these weird, you can press things to make things pop up and it's, it's insane. Like, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, making people laugh, you know. Amazing. Well, like, you know, you know, there's so many ways you can do that, which you're obviously doing. So that's good. <laughs> you know, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, 
the, the half hour has passed for the interview. All right. Allotment. <laughs> I want to be quite respectful of your schedule. Um, Thank you. This was fun. We have a consulting appointment yes. ourselves after. I get, I get some of that efficiency guru <laughs> goodness. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Coming up. I'm like, I, I almost just want to. Further with you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, that's the real episode. Sorry, you guys aren't going to be able to see it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot to sink their teeth into today. I think it was really great. And thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone. Thanks for having me. This was so cool. Awesome. Appreciate it. And uh, a little plug that my people. Uh... Oh, yeah. You can go to DelaneyFisher.com. That has all the stuff there. The podcast, the coaching info, you know, the whole shebang. All right. And follow them on YouTube when you're watching this. Jump over to them. Same deal. Awesome. Thanks again, Delaney. Thanks so much, Daniel. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, bye. And cut.